Well, hello there, Dr. Nicole here. I am thrilled to share something incredible with you today. Imagine having a treasure trove of informative, entertaining, and empowering video content about the journey to parenthood right at your fingertips. That's exactly what you get with Informed Pregnancy Plus. For less than 25 cents a day, you'll gain access to a vast subscription library filled with documentary films, web series, mind and body fitness programs, workshops, and courses covering fertility to parenting and everything in between. A few of my favorite titles are The Business of Being Born, Empowered Mama, Belly Dance for Birth, Ease into Sleep, The Afterbirth Plan, and The Core Connection. And here's the best part. For a limited time, you can gain full access absolutely free. Just visit informedpregnancy.tv to sign up. Get Informed Pregnancy Plus right now for your informed and empowered parenting journey, all from the comfort of your home. Visit informedpregnancy.tv. Again, that's informedpregnancy.tv. Don't let diaper rash come between you and your baby. Diaper rash can be one of the worst experiences your little one has to go through and keeping their delicate skin happy and healthy shouldn't require a spatula to apply thick, goopy treatments that can be just as irritating and uncomfortable as the diaper rash. Instead, try Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician approved skin protectant, free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide. It was developed by a mom who is also a doctor when she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash. Use just a small amount of Dr. Mom Butt Balm to help soothe your baby's skin and feel good about making the right choice. Nothing comes between you and your baby, not even diaper rash. Check out Dr. Mom Butt Balm, available on Amazon or Walmart.com. This is a really great interview with Amelia Chris about processing your birth story. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway Rankins, a board certified OBGYN who's been in practice for nearly 15 years. I've had the privilege of helping over 1,000 babies into this world, and I'm here to help you be calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice. Check out the full disclaimer at drnicolerankins.com forward slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 221. Whether you are a new listener or a returning listener, I'm so glad that you're spending some of your time with me today. In today's episode, we have Amelia Chris. Amelia is a drama therapist and certified coach in private practice in the Bay Area in California. She lives there with her partner and her two powerhouse daughters. She's also a certified Daring Way facilitator, and she works primarily with recovering people pleasers and nice girls to deconstruct self-shrinking patterns and find more ease and joy. 
Amelia is deeply committed to birth story medicine work, which is about helping folks integrate and move forward from unresolved issues connected to the experience of giving birth. She's proud to be listed in the newly formed pro-choice therapist directory, and she's dedicated to redefining postpartum support as a holistic, inclusive, radical practice encompassing vast and various experiences. We have a really great conversation about what is birth story medicine, how birth is an initiation of sorts, why it's important to process your birth story. What are some potential negative consequences if you don't process your birth story? How you balance processing your birth story, which once it happens, is going to be a past event with living in the present moment of having that newborn baby in front of you and some things that you can do to positively influence your birth story while you are still pregnant. This is just a really honest and insightful conversation about giving birth and the realities and the challenges that come along with that. And you're really going to find this conversation useful. Now, something that kind of goes along with birth story is birth plans or more appropriately called birth wishes. And I would love to have you join me on Tuesday, August 29th for my live class, make a birth plan the right way. So birth can't be planned, even though I said it literally in the title of the class, (laughs) but you definitely can have some things that you want. And there are things that you can do and should do ahead of time in order to set yourself up and to be in the best possible circumstances to get the things that you want for your birth. You cannot just print out one of those pieces of paper that you find online, bring it with to you, bring it with you to the hospital. That's just not going to cut it. You are potentially setting yourself up for major disappointment and disaster if you do that, because what if you get to the hospital and they don't honor anything that's in the birth plan? Okay. So you really need to make your birth plan about having a conversation during your pregnancy about the things that you want and making sure that your doctor, the practice and the hospital where you give birth are on the same page with you about the things that you want for your birth. And they're ready to support that. And inside of my birth plan class, I teach you a step-by-step process on exactly how to do that with questions to ask, how to write the birth plan, all of that good, great stuff. So join me in the class. It's on Tuesday, August 29th, live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you can't make it for the class, you'll get access to the replay video. Um, And if you have any questions, you can ask me in the private Facebook group and you can Join the class, I should probably say that, (laughs) at drnicolerankins.com forward slash birth plan or drnicolerankins.com forward slash register. Either one of those websites works. And I would love to see you in class on August 29th. All right, let's get into the conversation with Amelia. Thank you so much, Amelia, for agreeing to come onto the podcast. I am really excited to talk about this topic. It was really fascinating and interesting to me. So why don't you start off by telling us about yourself and your work and your family, if you'd like. Sure, absolutely. So I am a drama therapist and a certified coach here in the Bay Area in California. Okay. 
I'm on the opposite coast. I'm in Virginia. Okay, great. I'm from South Carolina originally, <laughs> okay. so I heard, I heard your little twang. I know it. <laughs> I know it quite well. Um, but I'm out here now with my husband, who's from here originally, and then we have two daughters. We have an eight-year-old and a three-and-a-half-year-old. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. And you said you are a drama therapist and a certified coach. Yes. What does that mean? What do you do exactly? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to try to give you a brief answer, and then uh-huh. if there's more you want me to share, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Okay. So drama therapy is a, it's a modality where we use the sort of acting and theater techniques therapeutically. So often people have heard of art therapy or Uh music therapy, often they're more familiar with those. Mm -hmm. So the master's program that I went through is a very similar, it's like a counseling psychology program like Uh any other. Uh And then on top of that, you're learning the sort of drama therapy techniques that you would also use with clients. Gotcha. So like the first thing, the first like internship that I did when I was in graduate school, um, Uh I worked with incarcerated folks at San Quentin. They have a Mm. Shakespeare program there. Okay. So they put on these shows there. Right. And it's a really, that was a really interesting experience because as you can imagine, it's an environment where there are certain kinds of like expression Mm-hmm. that are maybe more vulnerable or not don't feel so emotionally safe. Yeah. But if you give someone a character, right, right that's maybe a little more feminine or a little silly or right. a little weak, quote right. unquote, right. there are facets of themselves that they can explore and express without it feeling quite so close, right? Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So right. the work I do now is not so performance oriented, uh-huh. but it was a really good learning experience for me to be like, okay, what does it mean to kind of meet people where they are yeah. and give them a way to explore parts of themselves that maybe regardless of, you know, it doesn't have to be prison, but whatever environment they're in or grew mm-hmm. up in, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, it didn't feel safe to explore this. How do we maybe create a situation where it mm-hmm. feels safer Gotcha. And what can we learn from that? Gotcha. I love it. See, I, you know, I always, I do this podcast, obviously, to bring people who are pregnant and having a baby information, but I also do it because I like to learn new things too. Totally. So, so, so that I've learned something new today. I hadn't, I didn't know what drama therapy was. And so yeah. you, this, you're trained as a therapist, yeah. like you didn't just open up TikTok or Instagram or whatever and say, I'm a therapist or I'm a coach. You actually did training for it. Yes. 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 And I think that's important. I, I, I like to highlight that, especially in this day and age where there are a lot of people who are calling themselves coaches or providing information. Mm -hmm. I just want my audience to know, and people can do whatever the, you know, whatever they want to do, but I just want my audience to know the information that they're getting, like who they're getting it from and what their background is. And you are trained at master's level in your work. Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right. Love it. Love it. So what led you to become interested specifically more in birth work? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of things. I think Mm -hmm. that the primarily it was my own postpartum experience, my own birth and postpartum experience with my first child. So she's right now. So it's been a minute. Right. What happened? Yeah. So I was already a therapist. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously I took a break from that work when I <laughs> had my child. And I remember, I think the if I were to say one moment, the thing that happened is Vera, my older daughter, was probably about a mm-hmm. week old. Okay. And my husband, I remember like he looked me in my eye and he was mm-hmm. like, how are you? Mm-hmm. And like really asked me. And Mm -hmm. I remember just being surprised by what Mm -hmm. came out of my mouth because I said to him, 
I feel like I just got back from a war and mm. everyone else is acting normal. Mm. And like my therapist brain was like, let's note that. <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> I should, you know, like, I should I remember like, that. Kind of important. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. I was like, I'm in the thick of it right now. Like I kind of right. knew like I can't really deal with that right now. Right. But, but we need to come back to that. Sure. And I'm not comparing my birth experience, right, to a literal war, but that was, mm -hmm. like, the emotional, like, texture of it mm -hmm. to me was that I had come back from something that had changed me. Yes. And I didn't quite know how to articulate that. Right. But it wasn't right. just, oh, now we have this new person. Right. Something had happened inside of me mm -hmm. in terms of my own identity and my own experience yeah. in the world. Yes. Yes. That I didn't know a name for mm -hmm. and that like wasn't being reflected back to me in a right. way that I could understand. Like my right. family and my people are so kind and I feel mm -hmm. very lucky. And I, now that I work with folks in the perinatal time, I know how broad the experience can be in terms mm -hmm. of how met or not people feel by their yep. family and their village. Right. So like very grateful for that. And Basically, it was like, how's the baby? Isn't this wonderful? Mm -hmm. And there was a part of me that really resonated with that. And then there was another part of me that was like, I'm going through something huge. Right, right. And right. I didn't know, I didn't know to expect this. Sure, sure. And sure. that, that I have now come to learn mm -hmm. that that is part of it for many of us. Mm -hmm. And without that context, we feel like, what's wrong with me? Gotcha. What's happening to me? Right. Right. And so now that has become the focus of my work with moms and parents is like, mm -hmm. nothing's wrong with you. Right. This feels huge because it is. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you are a new person after you have a Completely. baby, whether you realize it or not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So then what is birth story medicine? Yeah, great. So birth story medicine is a, it's a methodology that was developed by a midwife. Her name is Pam England. Mm -hmm. Um, and she has a birth story school mm -hmm. where she teaches this method with some other um, folks that she's trained. She also wrote, what is the book she wrote? Why am I blanking? She's written a couple of books. Yeah, um, she wrote um, Birthing from Yes, Lynn. I love that book. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she yeah. has several others now too. And much of her work is about this kind of idea that birth, right, is this initiation. Mm -hmm. Birthing is a developmental process that right. we move through right. on an identity level, right? Sure. It's not just like, oh, we have a baby, right? right? Um, but birth story medicine is this sort of process that as a drama therapist makes a lot of sense to me. I didn't know it existed when I did that training, but it's a very good fit for me because it's, it's a basically a form of kind of like storytelling mm -hmm. where when folks come to me to do that processing work, they know they're coming to talk about their birth. Right. And often there's some piece or pieces of the birth that feel unresolved for them. Got it. And rather than just telling the whole story, which I think we probably all know in social situations, you know, sometimes people will tell the birth story. Right. Or people will ask about the birth story. Right. And so many of us have told and heard these stories over and over again. Mm -hmm. But not a lot of processing tends to happen there. Mm -hmm. It's just like this kind of like spewing right. of this experience. Right. And I think that's because there's a need to be witnessed in how big this experience is. Mm. Whether it goes, whether it's unresolved or difficult or not. Right. I think it's a big enough experience in our development that there's uh -huh. just a need sure. for it to be seen and held sure. in a certain way. Right. 
And I think there's evidence of that by the fact that like when you're pregnant and you're just like trying to go about your day, people will be like, I'm going to tell you about my birth. And it's right. like, no, you're not. Right. <laughs> you know, like I think that happens because of our need for that and our lack of spaces where that actually can happen in a, yeah. in a held way. Mm-hmm. So anyway, birth story medicine is, it's this process where, and there's lots of people who do it. I'm not the only one, but sure. when people come to me, they know we're going to talk about the birth and Basically, without going into all of the nitty gritty, the Mm -hmm. core of it is there's what happened, whatever Mm -hmm. happened during the birth. Mm -hmm. And then there's the meaning that gets assigned to it, Mm. right? So often the work we're doing in birth story medicine is helping people untangle. Okay, so this moment happened where you felt like, let's say, this intervention happened that you didn't want to have happen. I'm making this up. Right, right. And then the story you told yourself about it is, if I had advocated more, right, uh-huh. that wouldn't have happened. So right. then the belief is, I'm weak. Right. So then what you carry forward from that is, I'm weak. Probably you carried the story of, I'm weak, into the birth, mm-hmm. which is probably why you interpreted it that way to begin with, if right. we really go back. Gotcha. <laughs> but often what we're trying to do in this, and I'm not telling them the meaning that they're uh-huh. assigning, but I'm mm-hmm. helping them explore, okay, so what did that mean about you? What right. do you believe it means about you that it happened that Right, way? right. Right. Because those beliefs that get planted in the meaning of it that we make about it, those are the things that I think really hold us back and keep us stuck Mm -hmm. and actually make postpartum and many things after that Mm -hmm. much more difficult than they need to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when I can do the work with people where it's like, okay, so that happened. We don't get to change what happened at the birth. Right. And sometimes that's part of actually the, the deeper work is, okay, if I let go of the story that I'm weak or the story that if I had done something different, this would have gone differently. Mm -hmm. Then we actually have to deal with the grief and sadness of Mm -hmm. maybe we don't get to control how it goes. Mm. Maybe that's just what happens. Right. 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 And so I think sometimes these stories we tell about ourselves are kind of self-protective. Like if I can figure out what I did wrong, quote unquote, the next time, whether it's birth or some other experience, Mm -hmm. I can avoid these hard feelings. Right. But some of it is like, we don't get to sometimes. Sure, sure. Like, especially birth. I'm like, we just don't get to plan how that unfolds. Right, right. And so when we attach how it unfolds to like how good we are uh-huh. as parents, it's a really terrible setup. Yeah, 1,000%. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. Expecting parents who are looking for great nursery decor, this message is for you. As you prepare for the beautiful journey ahead, let Home Threads be your partner in creating a serene nest for your growing family. At HomeThreads.com, explore a collection designed for comfort and style during this special time. From cozy nursery essentials to soothing rocking chairs, Home Threads has everything to create the perfect home for your little one and always at the best value. If you like unique items, then you definitely need to check out Home Threads. We got a silver picture frame from Home Threads that is absolutely beautiful. It's one of those timeless classic items that will last for years to come and it fits in any space in your home. Be sure to visit homethreads.com forward slash Dr. Nicole today and receive a code for 15% off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. So then I guess, I mean, you kind of touched on it, but then it sounds like 
it's really important that we process our birth stories. So why, why is that important? And then if you don't do it, then what could happen? Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think that's the piece of it that's really important is, you know, certainly for folks who, you know, when folks come to me, they usually know that they're stuck about something. Mm -hmm. Right. And obviously there are some people who have a birth experience where they're more or less okay, Mm -hmm. which is great. Mm -hmm. Right. I love that. I want that for all of us. (laughs) And for a lot of folks, that's not how it goes. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a, for many people, I don't want to say all, Mm -hmm. but for many people, the basic issue is they had expectations about how the birth was going to go mm-hmm. or should go mm-hmm. that often they weren't even consciously aware of until they did not get met. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. And then they're on the other side of the birth experience going, that wasn't what I wanted. Uh-huh. And I'm feeling some type of way about gotcha. that. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. But I think what's hard is, let me see if I can articulate this in a, I think for a lot of people, the birth experience is sometimes the first real confrontation with like the fact that control is an illusion. Mm -hmm. And given that you just had a baby, you're going to confront that over and over and over. Right. Now. Right. Right. Like as an initiation into parenthood, it's very well designed. (laughs) That's true. And also it's very hard. Right. 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 And so I think what happens is the birth experience in a very beautiful, but also brutal way Mm -hmm. serves us exactly what we need Mm -hmm. to become parents. Mm. Mm. And if we don't take the opportunity to do that work, then we're going to get it over and over. Right. Until we get the message that, (laughs) right. Yeah. Yeah. And it is painful no matter when we choose to do it. And I think it's the most painful when we keep, not choosing to do it sure <laughs> it's like the old saying of like god or whatever you believe sends you a message and first it's a rock like a little pebble then it's going to be a rock yeah. then it's going to be a brick then it's going to be a boulder until right. you like your attention is is exactly yeah mm-hmm. and i think it's it's tough right when we talk about it in this way because i don't ever want to imply that like right there are obviously really hard there can be very hard and traumatic things that happen during birth mm-hmm. and i don't want to say that like those things are meant to be like sure absolutely for yeah. People, yeah right yeah there are, there are horrible things that happen in the world birth included and i'm not i'm not trying to be like what's the gift sure. what's the lesson yeah what i'm trying to say is there is an initiatory experience for all of right. us even when it goes well yeah. that if we're paying attention mm-hmm has challenging elements. Sure. Right. And I think the more we allow ourselves to be challenged by that, the better off we are in the long term. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now I'm curious, do obviously you can't say specifics, but do you find like a lot of the people who you work with, is it that they had like a specific laid out birth plan and nothing went according to plan or and they weren't prepared for that possibility? Or is it like I didn't want to get an epidural and I ended up with an epidural or I had a C-section and I didn't want a C-section or what, what are some of the things that that you see? Yeah. I I see a lot of things like you're naming, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of things like even using the language birth plan. I know some people are starting to soften it to birth preferences, Mm -hmm. which I like better, 
But like even plan, I feel like is so misleading. It's very misleading. I tell people all the time, like you can't plan. It's the only predictable thing about birth is that it's unpredictable. So right, like please know for sure, right? <laughs> right? Um, so, so yeah, part of it is the um, the idea that if we prepare in some right way, mm-hmm. that we get to have the experience that we want. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing that's really challenging for folks sometimes is this idea that they even know what they're going to want. Because I think that's another piece of this that we don't talk about in a particularly useful way is, and this is one of the things that I find really, this is a real challenge for me Mm -hmm. in doing birth work. Mm -hmm. And I think probably for many of us as providers, I I would be interested to know if this is universal for us is like, how to be more honest Mm -hmm. and more direct, Mm -hmm. especially with folks who have not yet had any babies who are, who are having their first birth experience and then postpartum experience after that, how to be more direct and honest about what it might be like without like trauma dumping or fear mongering. Because I think that there's a fragility that we project onto pregnant people Mm -hmm. and and onto women in general, Mm -hmm. let's be clear that is actually doing them a lot of disservice when they actually meet the moment Mm -hmm, of labor mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where we don't want to worry them. We don't want to scare them. But then actually what happens often is they're in that moment, like, holy, oh my goodness. No one told me it was going to be like this. Right. Right. And then it's like, we actually haven't really mentored them in a very loving way because they're right. We didn't tell them it was going to be like Mm -hmm. this. And some of it is because I think in terms of the way initiation works is you learn it by experiencing mm-hmm. it, right? If we could tell you it, then you could, we could just tell you right. it. So I think part of it is that it's not conveyable by talking about it, but I think part of it is that we're scared to scare people. Sure, sure. And so I think it's like always trying to find a way to be like, and then this is a bigger conversation, but I think it's also about the way that the messages about birthing are so polarized, mm-hmm. right? So there's, if we, and this is reductive, but if we think about it as like two different camps, mm-hmm. right? If we think about a like highly medicalized message mm-hmm. that's like, birth is an emergency, we're gonna manage it, we the professionals are gonna do it, you're just here, we'll let you know when you and your baby are safe, right? Or we think about, right, the other side of it, which I think they might call themselves a sort of natural birth community, mm-hmm. but. I just want to say that all birth is natural, so I don't want to put it over Mm -hmm. there. But if we think of the opposite of whatever the highly medicalized version Mm -hmm. is, I think that message is very much like, trust yourself, trust your body, trust birth. Your body knows how to do Mm -hmm. this. And I'm not saying that those things aren't true. It's just, I think it leaves birthing people in a position where they either have to choose, okay, it's all fear or it's all trust. Yeah. And it's not one or the other. Mm-mm. It's an experience in honesty for most of us that involves mm-hmm. both. Mm-hmm. There is fear in the experience. There is trust in the experience. It is an organic, ordinary, ancient thing. And it is scary and edgy and intense. Right. It's all the, of those yeah. things. And I think because we don't know how to talk about it with people in a way that is more whole and more true, mm-hmm we are sending folks to this experience deeply unprepared, Mm -hmm. very informed Mm -hmm. in a certain way, 
but very underprepared. Right. Right. And I think that is a part of what I what I grieve about it, at both as a parent and as a provider, is I want better for all of us. Sure. 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 Yeah, that's it's really tough because both camps are and it's very much so. People they're both sides and both sides are wrong, like 100% wrong. There's something in the middle, so to speak. Right. And especially when you have the, like the highly medicalized version, like birth is an emergency. It's that sets people up for interventions that they right. probably and often cases don't need. The trust yourself can lead you to down a path of not getting interventions when it may be the most appropriate thing. So that's certainly a lot of what I do is try to present sort of, here are the things, here are the, the options, or here are the possibilities that can come. But you're right, it's definitely a balance of helping people know what possible things could occur, but also it, it, recognizing the beauty and that it can be a great experience. So there's definitely, definitely a balance and something that we all go through. Is there anything that you think people can do during their pregnancy to help prepare themselves better for managing that because yes there is some certain element of you won't you don't know you really don't know until you're in it but like anything else like your first hike or your first drive or your first anything you can still go into it even if you haven't done it before with some preparation so what are some things that you recommend that people can do during their pregnancy to help help shape their birth story to be a more positive experience yes i love this question so I have so many like light bulbs yeah. in my brain. I'm not sure where I want to start my answer. But the first piece is I love that you said hike because I use that analogy with pregnant folks a lot as a way to bridge these two extremes, right? If we're talking about the two, the polarization and the messaging around birth, mm-hmm. if we take this extreme on like the highly medicalized mm-hmm. version, it's like if you imagine being at the bottom of the mountain, that that side is just like, we're just going to airlift you in a helicopter, take you to the top. You can't do anything, mm. right? The other side is like, you can walk, right? Go, right? Mm-hmm. So what I say to pregnant folks is, you, we, you can walk, right? I mean, and that doesn't mean that we would not train mm-hmm. and think about mm-hmm. who I am. Even if I've never hiked this mountain before, right. I've done other challenging things sure. before, right? And I know myself well. Mm-hmm. So I actually, I, I run this, this group coaching program for pregnant folks. It's called Uncharted. Mm-hmm. And it's about preparing for mm-hmm. birth, right? Not deciding how the birth is going to mm-hmm. go, but how do I want to show up mm-hmm. for it? And much of the work we do in that group is about like, okay, what's my relationship to like pain, mm-hmm. discomfort? Mm-hmm. What do I know about how I cope mm-hmm. with like challenge, mm-hmm. right? Like, and that, you know, we don't know how the labor's gonna mm-hmm. go, but if we think about it as a hike, it's probably a situation where there's gonna be less opportunity for rest the further we get into mm-hmm. it, which is not a great design, but here That's we are. That's what it is. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that is the reality, yep. You know, and I'm not gonna be able to get my map quest directions and be like, how long right. is it? I'm actually not gonna get to right. know that. Right? right. And so what are the water stations that I know work well for mm-hmm. me, right? who are the people or the tools that I know are not my jam, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They should not maybe be hiking. Right. Right. right, right, right. And that there are things we can do because I think that's part of the, for me, the like empowerment piece of this is like, yes, if you haven't birthed before, and even if you have, every time is another 
is a one hundred percent. You know, one hundred percent. And so there is a there is something about you know I think there's something about having reverence for the beginner's mind of that. Mm-hmm. And I do know myself, and I think letting letting clients letting birthing people bring the full knowledge of who they mm-hmm. are into that experience. Sure. sure. And be like, okay, what are the like. And even what are the stories and the, and the messages that you're carrying mm-hmm. about birth, you mm-hmm. know, from your family, from your culture, from your traditions, yes. your religion, yep. what's gotten in there in terms of these two camps that we've been talking about? Right. What of this do you even believe? Right. What is yours? Right. And whatever isn't, maybe let's not bring it mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. Let's certainly not let it write your birth Sure, plan. sure, sure. And very similar, I think, to the way we make meaning of experiences and the way we were talking earlier about this, it makes me think about like people hiking mountains mm-hmm. or, or running marathons. People don't just do that because they want to suffer. Right. People do those things because they're meaningful to mm-hmm. them. Right. Because the, because meeting those challenges and, and doing something that brings them to the edge of themselves changes the story they tell themselves about who they right. are. Right. right. And so that's the other piece of this is that, when we don't have that same reverence for the journey of birth and postpartum, actually, and parenthood period, mm-hmm. we, we lose the, the ability to actually give ourselves the gift of actually how amazing what we're doing. Right. So we're in the suffering and the shame and the self-blame of not having done it better or differently or whatever, and we don't actually even get to integrate like, wow, however I got up this mountain, here I right. am. Right. And there's something about that that I think we, we are meant to have. Yeah. 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 And we also don't give enough to use the word reverence like you use that like a good part of the hike is growing a human inside of your body. Like, Like you have grown an entire human being. That is not like a small feat. No. Um, so just even recognizing that in and of itself is really, really important. So, um, yeah, these are all just really important things to. And, and is it fair to say like this? You can't even if you you do this work and you do the things you can't guarantee a specific outcome. But what it does when you think about it this way is to help you deal with whatever outcome is presented to you yes. without it derailing you or like, th- what, I mean, is that fair to say? Absolutely. And I think mm-hmm. even doing the work of noticing, like even the preparation work where we look at what stories am I already carrying about birth, mm-hmm. right? What, what, you know, and some of it is hard to look at and it's important that we do it with as much compassion as we mm-hmm. can, you know, my friends or relatives or people who've given birth, maybe if I haven't before, what have I told myself mm-hmm. about? Yeah, you know, and yeah. what are my thoughts about mm-hmm. breastfeeding versus not mm-hmm. or having a cesarean birth or mm-hmm. a vaginal birth and what judgments have I carried about those 100%. things and being like okay I got that honest yeah. right we're all swimming around in the same water yeah. with the same messages about yeah. that and going okay so but I think even having the awareness we're all carrying stories around about all mm-hmm. of this then postpartum I can go okay the story I'm making up about the fact that nurse didn't like right. me whatever right even just having the awareness that I'm making up all these stories mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. we all are, mm-hmm. gives me some space where I can go, do I want right. that? Right. Because I don't get to prove right. it. It's not like I'm going to like go sure. back and like of course. Yeah. go back into that moment right. and like study right. in the lab right. like exactly. if that nurse liked me or yeah. not. Yeah. It's not happening. 
it's only happening internally right. and it's like I don't know if that's true or not and I know for sure it's not serving me so what if I just let that one go right right so I think just even having that awareness that we are choosing so much of this allows for some room some breathing room. absolutely so then how speaking of like postpartum and being in the postpartum state so you have this new baby you're trying to enjoy this new baby but you know you're doing this birth story work where you're processing how do you balance the two where you're like not so focused on like the past and what happened but you're able to and maybe that's the goal of therapy period i guess there's some processing period to like how you're not so focused on the past but you're able to enjoy the moment and the fact that you do have this beautiful baby so how do you reconcile that beautiful yeah I think this is such an important question because I think often we have this idea that like when we do processing work or when we revisit things from the past, mm-hmm. whether it's birth or whatever else, mm-hmm. that like that is taking us out of the present moment, mm-hmm. right? And I think the opposite is often true, mm. right? Like when we think about like, I'll try to give you an example, but sure, like sure. When, when someone gets like triggered, right? right? What that means is that I'm in a present moment here with you. And the trigger is when something in this present situation Mm -hmm. reminds some part of my survival brain, basically, Mm -hmm. of something that happened in the past. Right. Right? Right. If I can go back to that thing that happened in the past and process whatever's left over there, Mm -hmm. then that means I'm not going to get triggered in the present with you. Gotcha. Which means I don't have to time travel. Sure. I can actually stay. Gotcha. So in some ways, it's kind of a paradoxical thing, but I'll mm-hmm. try to give you an example because I think it's just so much easier in the concrete. Uh-huh. So let's say I'm going to make this up, but let's say that in the first grade, I couldn't stop talking in class. And let's say that my teacher got frustrated and she like made me go sit in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And let's say that I felt all of this like embarrassment and mm-hmm. shame and I felt alone And let's say when I explore that, I see that the belief that got rooted in then was like, I don't belong. Mm. I'm going to make this up. Mm -hmm. And then fast forward to, I'm now in like a postpartum mom's group Mm -hmm. and I'm having trouble breastfeeding and I'm now formula feeding my baby because that's what I need to do. And I'm not going to go into my rant about how that is best. And I want everyone to know that, (laughs) but uh, what's happening is I, my impression is that the other moms in the group are breastfeeding and I don't get to do that. Sure. Right. So then what happens is what may get triggered in that moment is this age old story in me that I don't belong. Gotcha. Right. So then I'm back inside. I might not even know it consciously, mm-hmm. but I'm back inside of this really old, actually mm-hmm. past mm-hmm. belief mm-hmm. about how I don't belong. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I can do the work with a therapist or someone to trace that back and go, oh, okay, I'm an adult now. Right. I can go to that six-year-old part of me and go, listen, you were talking. You were six years old. It was the first time you had to sit for hours on end at a desk. Sure. You now, as an adult, can understand that teacher had 30 kids to look after. I'm sure she was overwhelmed. Right. But that was not your fault. That never meant you didn't belong. Right. How about let's let that go? Gotcha. I mean, I'm doing a very simplistic version of this. Yeah, yeah, but no, no, I totally, yeah, I get it. So then, fast forward, I'm in the mom's group. I might still have really hard feelings about the breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. I might still be, I mean, I'm allowed to have feelings about that, right? But maybe I get to stay in that present moment and have those feelings rather than having this past thing Mm -hmm. about how I don't belong. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. So I think the processing is connected to us getting to be present. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. 
Hey, so you made it this far in the episode, and I'm thinking it's because you enjoyed this podcast. Well, if that's the case, then I have a favor to ask. Creating and producing the All About Pregnancy into Birth podcast has been one of the greatest joys of my life. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you on this journey with me. Your support and engagement means the world to me, and it's what helps keep this podcast going. But here's the thing. Producing a podcast involves time, effort, and resources from recording equipment to an editor, hosting fees, coordinating guests, countless hours spent researching and crafting content. It all adds up. And that's where I could use your support. I've never wanted to turn all about pregnancy and birth into a paywall. I want it to remain accessible to everyone. That's why I've set up a way for you to support the show financially if you're able and willing. If this podcast has helped you during your pregnancy, your birth, or your life, I'm asking you to consider contributing to the show. Your support will help cover production and team costs and ensure that I can continue delivering the episodes you love. So in the month of March, head to drnicolerankins.com forward slash support and contribute whatever you can. Your support, no matter how big or small, makes a significant impact. It helps us continue delivering high quality content and ensures the future of all about pregnancy and birth. Again, that's drnicolerankins.com forward slash support. Thank you so much for being part of the All About Pregnancy and Birth community. Now back to the show. So do you think everybody needs to process their birth story? I don't, I don't think I would go so far as to say everybody. Okay. I think people know when they have something that they need to process, gotcha. whether it's birth or not. Mm-hmm. And I think that looks usually one of two ways. Mm-hmm. Usually people are experiencing like intrusive kind of thoughts, mm-hmm. almost kind of flashbacky things they can't let go of. Mm-hmm. Or people are having the opposite where they can feel themselves like avoiding mm-hmm. thinking about something, mm-hmm. really actively avoiding yep. it. Usually those are signs that something needs some attention from us. Gotcha. When we can give it, you know, sometimes like sometimes people come to me to do birth story medicine work, you know, and their kids are a couple years old. Okay. And sometimes that's as soon as people can take a breath. Right. I was going to ask, at what point do people usually come to you? And sometimes people will come and they'll be, you know, they'll have a six week, eight week, three month old baby and anything in between. Got it. It's usually not earlier. Usually when folks have come and their babies a month old Uh or less, Uh I will often listen and do a session of just being with them. Uh But usually, um, I don't do the birth story medicine that early because it's still so fresh. Mm-hmm. There are things that are still like landing right. from that experience. Right. Or sometimes we'll do a little bit and then we'll meet again in two months and they'll be like, okay, now gotcha, this. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So gotcha. I can feel usually sure. where we are in yeah. it. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so then as we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to add about birth story medicine work before I ask my last last few questions? Let's see. I just love it so much. And I think the other piece is that as I've been doing that work, which I love, Mm -hmm. I've been thinking a lot about this kind of like preventative medicine, if you Uh will work, which is why I've been now kind of starting to do this more work with pregnant Uh folks, like starting to ask myself the question, like, what might I be able to do where people would never need to come to me for this? Gotcha. Gotcha. And Again, it's, I'm still struggling with like quite how to answer that question, uh-huh. but I am, I am loving working with pregnant people and starting to explore 
what does it mean to prepare for this in a different sure. way? Sure, sure, sure. I love that. I love that. So then what is the most frustrating part of your work? I think it's I think it's the struggle that I mentioned earlier about how much to share how directly. Mm. Like I don't know how I don't know how much you hear this, but when I work with folks postpartum, I almost always hear some version of nobody told me. Yeah. Nobody told me it was going to be like right. this. And often they're talking about like postpartum. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're talking about labor itself, mm -hmm. but 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 there's this over and over this refrain mm -hmm. of like then I had my child and then people came out of the woodwork and were like talking about all these complications and all these feelings right. and all these experiences. Right. right. And all these people were in my life before right. and nobody told yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's something there that I haven't cracked mm -hmm. yet because mm -hmm. again, because of the role that I'm in, right? I'm not these people's like girlfriend. Right. You know? Right. So there's also boundaries about what I would share sure. in what way. Sure. But I, I think the frustrating part of my work is finding the balance between really wanting to, ah, there's, there's something about, and this is rooted in my own like sort of political worldview and in my own feminism and in my own sense that we don't treat women like humans or like adults. Mm. And then we expect them to birth and parent like adults. Right, right. Then we're surprised. And <laughs> I think there's something, there's a great disservice that we continue to perpetrate against women and against mothers. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, and in the, along the same lines that, that women continue to believe that there is something wrong with them when actually there is something wrong with all of us. <laughs> there is something wrong with a system right. that makes women, and particularly women of color, and particularly women of lower social economic classes, mm -hmm. like there's a whole right caste system right. within right. it. Right. That, and, and I, I felt this way working in, in with incarcerated folks as well, mm -hmm. and that's not to say that there aren't, some problems are individual problems, but none of them are happening in isolation. Right. They are connected to systemic problems right. that when those are not named, people think, oh, I'm the problem. Sure. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you the problem when we're the only developed country that doesn't have paid parental leave? Right, 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 like, right, exactly. Why are you the problem when like black mothers are continually disbelieved? Right and getting worse care exactly. and worse outcome. Right. Like it's, that's, it's, yeah. the math is not math it, at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, I know on my soapbox now, okay, but, but like I'm on my soapbox because all of it is connected. Mm -hmm. 100%. And because when I sit across from women and mothers and families who are in deep distress and believe that it's because they're doing something wrong or they missed something, mm -hmm when we we continue to settle for a world that isn't good enough right. for us or our kids yeah. it's not okay with me yeah i hear you <laughs> i hear you i hear you well then on the flip side what's the most rewarding part of your yes. work <laughs> well i think the most rewarding part of my work actually is that the flip side the very flip side of that is that i get to be at least a small part of mm -hmm. hopefully people's 
awakening mm -hmm. to the idea that the fact that some of this is hard mm -hmm. is actually not because there's anything wrong with them. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. that is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And Agreed. I'm, I'll never be sick of it. I love yeah. it so much. Yeah. And yeah, for sure. For sure. It's like, I can't, I think one of the things that always stands out to me and that I find so beautiful is like, being a parent in this particular moment where I think we're having this reckoning as parents where there is this sort of turning point where I think as parents we're starting to just generationally be like I want to do this differently right and when mm -hmm. I see parents with their kids and with my own kids I see us out here being like with our kids being like it's okay to have big feelings I see right. your big feelings there's room right. here for your big feelings there right. are no bad feelings I'm gonna be here you know, like, right. and in some ways it feels so, it can feel so small, mm -hmm. but it actually is like a very revolutionary thing. Mm -hmm. The way that I think we're making room for our kids to be fully human. Yeah. And what I love about the work that I do is like being able to advocate for and being able to remind hopefully all of us that we get to have that too. Mm -hmm. Right. That that's not just for our kids. Right. right. And we're not just teaching them that by giving it to them. We're also yes. teaching them that by doing it for ourselves. Yes. yes. Right? By going yes. like this, at least for me, I'll speak for myself, the parenthood journey is incredibly joyful and beautiful. And also there are things about it that like I it's do hard. Not love. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> I love my children immensely. Sure. Yeah. But like there are things about this job that are yeah. like zero stars. Yeah. Like I'm like, not like waking up in the morning like I can't wait to pack these lunches. Like, yeah. Ooh, like, yeah. Love exactly. So, you know, and I think normalizing there are pieces of it that are like frustrating, mm -hmm. tedious, boring, mm -hmm. not my thing. Mm -hmm. And letting that be okay. Right. 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 And and giving us all permission to have mixed feelings about all of it mm -hmm. because we do. Right? right, like we don't not have those feelings because there's no permission to have them. Sure, we just sure. have them secretly and feel like I'm bad and everyone else on Instagram has it figured out. Yeah, but the truth yeah. is, all of us have it mixed up and don't know what we're doing. Right, right. So the most rewarding part is to sort of like let that cat out of the bag, mm -hmm. and and feel with everyone this commonality that we're all just like muddling through it. Sure, and then I think the parts that feel really good and are beautiful, we get to fully feel them because yeah. we're not all wrapped up in secret shame about the fact that some of it is hard. Absolutely. Because of Absolutely. course it is. Yeah. Yeah. So then what was your, what is your favorite piece of advice that you would give to an expectant mom? Hmm. Oh my gosh. There's so <laughs> many things. I'm like, I don't know. Um, I think we've been talking about, I've, I run this postpartum moms group and we've been talking a lot about this. So this will be the one that I share today, which is people often ask me about like, how do I set boundaries with family? Mm -hmm. And like, they do these things I don't want them to do, but then it's like my parents, they did it with me. And so then mm -hmm. they're like, but I did this with you. And like, it's this whole thing. And, um, so I started in the moms group, letting people write these like short sentences uh -huh. that are like scripts uh -huh. that they just say over and over. So they don't have to know what to say. in the moment. <laughs> and so like, that's my best advice right now is someone, a relative will be like, well, we did this with you. Right. I recently had someone in the group who wrote the script. And I think what she wrote was, we talked to our doctor about that and that's not how we're doing it. Okay. <laughs> and then she just said that over and over to right. everyone about everything. Right. 
instead of arguing for right. like 15 minutes. Yes. She said, this is, she dumped it off on somebody else and right. She's like, kept I it throw moving. my doctor under the bus. Yes. And then I just keep it there moving. There you go. And I was like, I love that. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to tell everyone to just throw. <laughs> I can tell you, your doctor's happy to be thrown under the bus. Right. right. I was like, your doctor is unconcerned. Yes. Your doctor is busy. Your doctor is out yes. there doing stuff. Yes. Yeah. Because I think a lot of, especially in the like raw, like first two months, mm-hmm. it's like even the cognitive parts of your brain that can have the debate about it are so tapped. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like. And like I, other people get in their feelings like you're criticizing yeah, them. And you're and you're like, I'm like, really I, not. Yeah, it's just, just Please use the blue pasty yeah. and don't talk about yeah, it anymore. Just, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people find you? What are the things that you offer? Do you have things virtually? Tell us about that. Yes, happy to. My website is birthingforreal.com. Okay. And let's see. I have a program for pregnant folks called Uncharted. And it's about like navigating the kind of wild terrain of birth. Mm-hmm. So it's some of the work we talked about earlier in terms of like how to prepare yourself mm-hmm. for that experience rather mm-hmm. than planning how that experience should go. And it is virtual. It's six weeks and okay. it's usually a small group and we meet weekly and it's like 90 minute live sessions. And then we have like outside materials and kind of homework that folks do. Uh-huh. And then we get back together and discuss and do exercises together. Okay. And then at the end of it, people have what I call a birthing support plan. Mm -hmm. And so it's like a blueprint for how they want to move into that experience and what support they want in place rather than what they want the birth to look like. Gotcha. So that's really great. And I love it. And then I do birth story medicine sessions and that's all there. I also have a newsletter, which you can sign up for. They are called soft cheese, Uh which is a pregnancy and birth newsletter. Uh Um, and it's about weekly, not perfectly weekly, but about, and it's like just things that I write about from all kinds of things like historical and cultural trends in uh-huh. birth and how that has changed over time, right. to like resources that I love and little exercises that are similar to what I do in Uncharted, but kind of bite-sized versions you can do on your own. Gotcha. But it's meant to be just a companion for that time to uh-huh. sort of move towards the birth experience with like hopefully a little more awareness. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. I love it. And we'll link all that in the show notes. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to come onto the podcast. This was a really helpful and insightful conversation. And I know folks are going to love it. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. Wasn't that a great conversation? It was a little bit challenging because I know we left some things sort of up in the air, like some things are difficult and challenging and complicated potentially about birth and some of the various things that we go through, especially when it's your first baby. But, you know, this is part of why I am here and the work that I do is to help you work through these things and help you know, like some of the, not, you know, be some of those extremes. I'm not the person who's just only going to say, trust your body, trust your body, or you got this, or you can do this. Or like on the other extreme, that medicalized, like birth is an emergency type thing. I'm here to help you find a peaceful, evidence-based, reasonable middle ground. And I hope that you get that inside of the podcast. All right. Now, you know, when I have a guest on, I do something called Dr. Nicole's Notes, which are my top takeaways from the conversation. So here are my Dr. Nicole's Notes from my conversation with Amelia. Number one. In my experience, people are generally unhappy with their birth, not because it went a certain way. Folks are unhappy with their birth because they were not expecting that it could go any other way 
than what they envisioned. This is where preparation is so, so, so important. And it's important to think about birth and think about the things that you want for your birth, but it's really also important to think about the other possible things and curveballs that can come your way. Okay. You can't just keep your head in the space of, I'm only going to look at the things that I want because you can potentially set yourself up for being really disappointed if things don't go exactly that way. So what's most likely to cause disappointment is not being prepared for all of the possible things that could potentially occur or for the possibility that things don't go exactly as you expect. And along those lines of preparing and like managing those possible expectations, yes, birth is, is very unpredictable, but My second note is that there are things that you can control and you can control what you can control. I actually have that as a sticky note on my computer, on my desktop computer. It says control what I can control because a lot of times things feel out of your control. You know, they feel out of your ability to really do anything about them. But there are a lot of things that you can control when it comes to birth. One of the biggest things being how prepared you are going into it. And no, you cannot be me. You can't be a board certified practicing OBGYN by the time you get into your birth. But there's a lot that you can do to feel very prepared, to feel very ready, to manage things that come your way and do so in a way that just helps you feel good about the experiences and helps you navigate things and helps you feel okay when things don't necessarily go as you anticipate. I'm not saying that it's going to make you feel like roses and sunshine about every single part of your birth experience, but there really is something to helping you feel good. You're really going to feel good if you knew that you did all that you could do beforehand. If you controlled all of the things that you could control beforehand, that means something. And that's going to help you feel so much better about your birth experience. Of course, a part of that is making a birth plan or birth preferences. And again, I'd like to invite you to join me in my live class, make a birth plan the right way. That's on August 29th. If you can't make it that day, then you can catch the replay video. It's a really fun class. It's one of the things that I most, most enjoy doing is teaching in the class live. So check it out, drnicolerankins.com forward slash register, or just head to drnicolerankins.com, sign up for it there. And I would love to see you in my class. All right. So there you have it. Um, do share this podcast with a friend. Sharing is caring. I'm on a mission to reach and serve more pregnant folks. And I I see y'all sharing the podcast because my download numbers are certainly increasing. So I certainly appreciate you sharing the podcast and helping me spread the word and spread all of this good, good information that we're providing here. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to me right now. Leave an honest review in Apple Podcasts. It helps the show to grow. Apple is the biggest podcast platform. So it helps the show to grow. If you leave a review there, it helps other women find my show or just shoot me a DM and let me know what you think about the show. I'm on Instagram at Dr. Nicole Rankins. If you have ideas for something you want me to talk about, then just shoot me a message there. All right. So that's it for this episode. Do come on back next week and remember that you deserve a beautiful pregnancy and birth. (laughs) 